0: Welcome to another day as we continue our journey through the Word of God. So glad you're joining me as we continue through the book of Matthew, the Gospel according to Matthew, the first book of the New Testament. Today we're picking up in chapter 14 of the Gospel of Matthew in verse 14. And we are about to explore one of the most well-known miracles many of us heard about, read about, were taught about in Sunday school Uh, or even if we didn't go to Sunday school we we somehow knew this story and uh, it's an amazing story it's about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and it came out of Jesus compassion so many miracles that Jesus did were founded in his compassion for people and this is no different and this is where he showed his compassion for the multitude so let's get into it Matthew 14 verse 14 this is just after Jesus has departed. He's heard about John the Baptist being having his head chopped off. He has departed from where he was, and the multitudes have followed him. And so now he's he's in a period of of navigating the fact that his family member, he, his second cousin, John the Baptist, is now dead, and uh, somebody who was very important in in the ministry of Jesus, his personal life, and he's got all these multitudes following him. And when Jesus went out he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. In the middle of Jesus having a bad day, he had compassion on other people and healed them. And when it was evening, when it was evening, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place. The hour is already late. We need to send the multitudes away. They can go into their villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus said, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Jesus healed the people, had compassion on them all during the day. Like he never stopped. And then evening comes and his compassion for the crowds says, hey, listen, let's not send them home. You you give them something to eat. Jesus had come to find peace and quiet, uh, have some time alone. The multitudes followed him. He has this incredible crowd behind him. Uh, demanding what he could give, which is giving them healing and compassion. And he could have actually resented them for them. He could have, you know, said, hey, listen, you're, you're invading my privacy. But he didn't do that. He had compassion and he met their needs. David Guzik, Jesus and the disciples could have made many legitimate excuses. This isn't the right place. This isn't the right time. The people can take care of themselves. Indeed, there was no physical necessity to feed this multitude. These were people who were used to skipping meals, and they didn't expect to be fed. Yet Jesus had compassion on them nonetheless, and his compassion was great. Spurgeon said this, The original word is very expressive regarding his compassion. His whole being was stirred to its lowest depth, and therefore he proceeded at once to work miracles of mercy among them. And he said to his disciples, You give them something to eat. Jesus challenged the compassion and the faith of disciples with that one statement, one question. He didn't ask them to do anything to meet the need without also guiding them with how to do it. Now, if they had remembered previous miracles then they wouldn't have seen this as so overwhelming. D.A. Carson said if they remembered the miracle of the wine at the wedding in Cana in John chapter 2, they should have asked Jesus to meet the need, not send the people away. So Jesus and the disciples, they're aware of the multitude, they're aware of their needs, and the compassion of Jesus and his awareness of the power of God that led him to go about feeding the multitude rises up. Uh, The people are hungry. Who will give them bread? Who will give them something to eat? And we know the answer. Spurgeon used the words, they do not need to go away. They need not depart as the basis of a sermon that he preached. And the theme of the sermon was that if there was no need for these mostly casual hearers of Jesus to depart, there is even less reason for the follower of Jesus to go away from continual communion and fellowship With Jesus. That's a great observation. Circumstances don't need to make you go away from Jesus. You won't have things so hard or so easy that you don't need Jesus. There's nothing in life where you can say, Well, I don't need Jesus anymore. Now, we should always want to spend more time with Jesus. There's nothing in Jesus that makes you want to go away or makes you need to go away verse 17 as they said to him and they said to him so this is this is jesus talking to the disciples you give them something to eat they said to him uh, we've only here about five loaves and two fish and then he said bring them here to me so then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass And he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. These loaves and fishes were obtained from a little boy. We read about that in in the the version of this story, if you like, uh, the observation of this story in John chapter 6. And it is actually a credit to the disciples that they didn't have food with them themselves, To be honest with you, because uh, they, you know, they knew that they needed to travel light. They trusted Jesus that he'd meet their needs, and he they trusted him as their leader and rabbi that that if they needed food, somehow he'd make it work and they'd be fed. So he tells the multitudes to sit down on the grass. So this was more than just about putting food in their stomachs, because that could be done standing up. He didn't need them to sit down to do that. The idea was he was about to create a banquet-like atmosphere. Everybody sit down, the food's coming, and there's going to be more of it than any of you could eat. And I think that they, you know, Jesus wanted them to have a, a positive sense of expectation, a positive sense of, wow, we're about to enjoy something. We're not just going to get fed, we're going to enjoy this. Spurgeon said, what a feast this was. Christ for the master of the feast, the apostles for butlers, Thousands for numbers and miracles for supplies. Love that. This is what's amazing about this story. Gets overlooked a lot. Jesus takes the loaves and the fishes, holds it, looks up to heaven. He blessed it. Jesus blessed the Father for the food that he did have. He may have actually prayed a familiar Jewish prayer before a meal, which was, Blessed art thou Jehovah our God, King of the universe, who bring us forth bread from the earth. That was a common grace and prayer. He blessed it and then he did something very important. He broke it. He started the multiplication process in his hands and then he gave it to the disciples. This miracle really does display Jesus' total authority over creation. He insisted on doing this miracle through the hands of the disciples after he had performed the miracle in his own hands. He could have done it directly. He could have just continued to break the bread and hand it out to people, but he didn't. He wanted to use the disciples the same way he wants to use you and I. We could come up with all these reasons why God doesn't need me. God doesn't need me. But God wants to use you. He wants to. The miracle happened after Jesus broke it and blessed it in his own hands. And that's what God does. That's why God's not a respecter of whether you're a good or bad person or whether you sinned yesterday. You've you've got to make sure you're right with God. You've got to ask for forgiveness of your sins. But God wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to do miracles and then have you have the ability to be able to pray for people, supply people's needs, have compassion with people. No one knew where the bread came from that had been broken. They didn't know that this is a miracle. There, there's nobody saying, you know, oh, apparently he's up there, you know, and it's just coming out of his hands. We don't have any record of that. Jesus showed us that God could provide out of the resources that we can't see and we can't perceive. The people, the, fo- the 5,000, they're just sitting there waiting for the bread to come out. They don't know that. 100 yards away, this is, this is all taking place in Jesus' hands and then he's given it to the disciples and as the disciples keep handing it out, there's more fish and there's more bread. It's easier to have faith when we think we know how God's going to provide. But God often provides in unexpected ways. That's why we're always, people who are always trying to work out, well, I think, oh, that must mean that God wants me to do that because he gave me this. So therefore he wants me to do that. And all of a sudden you feel like you're a genius. You probably got it wrong. You probably, you and I are not geniuses. We are not genii. There we go. Uh, <laughs> what we are is we're just meant to be obedient. And sometimes God wants to do things in our hands that are very different than what we think. We just have to have hands that are available. Okay. Let's move on to. Uh, The next verse here, uh, verse 20. Okay, so they all ate. So everybody gets to eat. And they were all filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Uh, Not only was God's provision enough, it was more than enough. And then on top of it being more than enough, God didn't want the leftovers to go to waste. So what happened? They took measures to preserve what was left. 12 baskets, that's a lot of baskets. William Barclay, God's generous giving and our wise using must go hand in hand. So how many people are there? 5,000 men, women and children, So, what, 15 to 20,000 people is kind of what is, is, is estimated. This story is one of the few stories that is recounted in all four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different perspectives. And it shows that the Holy Spirit and the early church thought that this story was so important and an important measure for our understanding of the miraculous power of Jesus. See, Jesus was able to feed the people of God. Israel was fed in the wilderness with the manna. There was a common expectation that the Messiah would restore the provision of manna, uh, that he would somehow do what he'd done, you know, 1500 years before in the Exodus, Take, take care of their, of their needs. And this, no doubt, would have added to Jesus' messianic credentials. Jesus had care and compassion the same way that God the Father had care and compassion for the children of Israel in the wilderness as they were leaving Egypt to make sure there's 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 cloud by day, there's fire by night, there's manna every morning, food every morning, there's water coming out of a rock. I mean, it's nonstop God taking care of needs. Here it is again, Jesus having compassion for the people of God, even when we might expect by the time that it gets to this, Jesus' patience, God's patience, could have been exhausted if it was you and I. Jesus chose during this time, Instead of just taking care of it himself, to work through the hands of his disciples, even when it was not essential for the immediate result, and I think that's the same for us. I think a lot of people struggle with. Well, I just want to do it myself. I just want to do it. My- if I do it myself, it'll be done properly. I, well, if anybody could have said that, it was Jesus with the disciples. Disciples not always, you know, the you know sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, not really picking up what Jesus was putting down, if you know what I mean. Um, Jesus could have said, "Listen, I'll just take care of it. It'll be easier." But it's, it, God wants us to work as a community. God wants us to work together as a body of Christ. God wants us to allow his miracle working power to work through all of us. It's a great example, this feeding of the 5,000, of how Jesus the Messiah will feed us one day at, at the great banquet of the Lamb in heaven. And we will be fed forever. This is just a great glimpse into that. Sit down, he said to everybody. Sit down. Don't don't stay standing. Sit down. This is going to be amazing. And I think sometimes we have to just sit down and realize that God's got it. I think sometimes we stand out of a, a sense of, of anxiety almost. But Jesus says, sit down. It's all, it's all good. Just sit down. I've got it taken care of. Sit down. gives us some ideas, this whole story of observations that we need to make in our own life. So here's my observations. Um, we need to thank God for what we have, but we also have to wisely use what we have. We have to trust that he's limited, uh, his resources are unlimited, not limited, and we must not waste what He gives us. The whole story here that we read is something that started out of compassion. And whenever you and I are moved with compassion, we'll be likely to see God work through our lives. Jesus himself was the bread of life. So here's the imagery. Jesus breaks the bread, blesses it, performs the miracle, gives it to his disciples. Later, Jesus as the bread of life was broken. His body was broken. He performed the miracle in his body. He was the perfect sacrifice so that we can understand why he wants to do miracles through us today because he did a miracle in his body, broke it so that we can participate in that miracle working power. That's why we are commanded to pray for people, see miracles done. We, we have an opportunity to see the things done that Jesus performed. The miracle on the cross, defeating sin and death. So the miracles can take place from our humble prayers. Not whether we're perfect or not, but is our belief in who Jesus is perfect? Perfect. We should never underestimate Jesus and his miracle working power. But God wants to do miracles. And I know that there's people watching this right now. You need a miracle. So what's your miracle right now? I'm asking you, what's your miracle right now? Tell me your miracle. Speak to the, speak to your phone. Speak to the podcast. Speak to the video. Speak to you, to your laptop, wherever you're watching this, wherever you're listening to it. Speak out your miracle that you need right now. And I'm going to pray for your miracle. Because I believe that God wants to meet your need right now, miraculously. So hopefully you've said it, and now I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every miracle that has been spoken. Right now, you've heard the declaration of the miracle that is needed. I pray for an instantaneous, spontaneous, and miraculous provision of whatever is needed. God, that you would have the glory. God, that you would be moved by compassion for the circumstances of people. God, that you would allow them to see that you are still a miracle-working God who wants to do amazing things in and through them. God, give them a testimony today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day.